Turn right. Re Recalculating. Man, this goofy bitch don't know where she's going. From the Lost Boys. Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Boys. Legendary Lost Boys. This is Lost Boys. We call them the Lost Boys. And now, the Lost Boys Podcast proudly presents Welcome everybody, this is Hip Hop History 101 Where we are going to dive deep into the culture of hip hop from where it has been to where it's going and how it got there. Um, now, this is our uh, first episode, so we just want to start this series off by uh, giving some brief introductions. Um, we'll talk about how we got into hip-hop, where we see this show going, um, and so on and so forth. We're kind of learning on the fly here with this uh, new little uh, offshoot show. So for any fans of... All right, Lost Boys podcast, uh, that's not going away. This is just some extra content to feed your eardrums. So um, I hope you enjoy. I am one of your hosts, Ghost T, and joining me... Night Prophet, West Side. Woo, West Side. Up, east all the way, but we are united here. The beef that's is right. over, right? Yeah, coastal wars are over, dude. That's right. <laughs> it's all nothing but love. We've learned a lot. From the uh, deaths of some of those. We'll get into all that in later episodes of Hip Hop History. But um, yeah, for now, I mean, we kind of just were, were. This was brewing in the background for a while. We were, uh, we're, we're big fans of hip hop. It's, it's definitely been ingrained in my life for a very long time. And um, I don't know. There's just something about it. And uh, this just gives us the perfect excuse to get together and talk about it. So I, I hope you guys are will enjoy what we present here. And uh, first off, right off the bat, I mean, Knight, how long have you been into hip-hop? I've been into hip-hop my whole life. Um, how old are you? When were you born? Let me start I'm there. 30, I'm 37. So okay. I was born like right at the you rise of hip-hop. So it was like always in my life, you know? Yep. Okay. Um, perfect. Yep. Yep. But uh, I mean, it's not like I was listening to hip hop as a baby, but um, so it kind of <laughs> naturally <laughs> progressed from uh, funk music was what my parents raised me on. Oh, so okay. I used to listen to a lot of like Earth, Wind, and Fire, um, the Gap Band, Parliament, Confunction, uh, you know, and then that went into like Zap and Roger, and then all of those were essentially what hip-hop stemmed from you Especially know those west were all the, the samples yes yeah. yes yeah the west coast which they they call g-funk you know and that's yeah. what it comes from it's gangster funk yeah yep so and that's my specialty dude g-funk's my favorite oh i love it all right because yeah, i'm not as well versed i'm a strictly east coast head i mean i've dabbled in uh some of the other uh areas of the country the west coast stylings of course the hits are there, the 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 Dre's, the Cubes. I'm a huge Cube fan, actually. Um, and Same. there's a couple other West Coast guys I'm huge fans of, so I guess I can't really say that. But I definitely uh, have much more East Coast knowledge in my data banks. But, uh, yeah, that's fucking awesome, man. 
Now I am a little older. I am. Uh, I was born in '81, which was the exact year that MTV was born, and that definitely plays into a lot of what got me into hip hop that I'll talk about then. But um, so it, it was. It's kind of. I feel like I'm very happy to be born where I was to have experienced the '80s, the '90s, and uh, yeah, hip hop has been with me for most of that as well. It started out more rockish, actually. Uh, my dad was definitely into more of the rock stuff. So I grew up like really young. My first record was actually a Kiss record. And um, I think uh, I had like the Cars, stuff like that. Like just these, just these like, I don't want to say hippie, but more classic. You look at it now, it's classic rock. So that's yeah. sort of what I started. But my brother was my hip hop influence. And um, pretty much. I was his protege and we traveled hip hop together from very early on and into, uh, well, some of what is now, but you know, there was a cutoff point where I kind of stopped uh, injecting so much new stuff, but, uh, you know, we'll get, yeah, <laughs> slowed down for <laughs> sure. Uh, for yeah, for us, sure. you know, for us old heads is I think was yes, what they we're call old us heads. nowadays. We're yeah. We're old, old heads, heads dude. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, shit, man. I didn't have a, an older brother that introduced me to it, but I really uh, looked up to my older cousins because um, okay. uh, I'm the oldest um, sibling in my family and I have a little sister. So um, my influence came from my older cousins and that was who I really looked up to in terms of like hip hop. And they, and they definitely fed me some things before um, my parents wanted, you know, mainly my mom, my dad slipped yeah. me some stuff on the side too. You know, if we were in the car by ourselves, uh, you know, he would put on. My dad was a big fan of pimp rap, so like too pimp short. Rap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yes. Too short. <laughs> too short. And DJ Quick were my dad's. Um, that was like what I got from him was the. And they're both like pimp rappers, like. But DJ Quick's from Compton, so. Um, but those guys started in the late '80s, so that that was like real old school hip hop too. You know. Yeah. Um, no, that's still considered old school. I was listening to a. Uh, a uh, KRS one. Damn, I should have got the quote ready, but I was listening to uh, uh, actually some boogie down production from early on, and one of the lines he was saying is, uh, "It fifty years down the line, you'll see that we're the old school artists." And he goes on this great little rhyme. Fifty years down the line, you can start this, cause we'll be the old school artists, and even in that time, I'll say a rhyme, a brand new style, ruthless and wild, running around spending money having. bars baby bars before there were bars yeah but um uh it's and i do want to mention that as well because we are in the 50th technically 50th year of hip-hop where they have designated uh there's still some controversy about the exact origins but they have designated august 11th 1973 sedgwick avenue apartment building i forget the exact number i think it was like 1492 as the birthplace of hip-hop and day when cool herc hosted a uh back to school party or it might have been a, a a summer party like out block of party it was some kind of uh yeah they, they took the the bottom floor or whatever of the uh or the basement or something of the apartments and he just threw this party and, and pretty much invented hip-hop right then and there by using old funk and disco records 
and who's well, we could talk more about that next week, but but uh, yeah, but anyway, so yeah, we're in the 50th year of hip hop, so it's uh, no better time too for us to kind of look back into hip hop and uh, how important it has been to the culture and society in general, the impact it's had. I think there's been, yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's an entire culture in its own. You know, it hip is hop isn't just a music genre. It's like uh, B-Boys. You got turntablism. You have graffiti. You have uh, streetwear. I mean, it's a uh, it went everywhere, you know. Oh, it's blown it's up. An, it's an entire it's an entire lane, a lifestyle, I guess, is what it's you would call it. Blown up. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things that I, I got to credit my brother a thousand, hundred thousand percent. He um he grew up with hip hop he he's he's like 11 years older than me so he was right there at the prime at the very beginning starting yeah he was actually i i was thinking back and i remember him with the fucking the whole outfit actually break dancing like working on moves at home in his room like laying down the cardboard and working on nice yeah the cardboard in the hallway or something and uh, those are very vague because I was very young at that point. But then he got into DJing. He was DJing parties all over. So his room was this cornucopia of music, this forbidden cornucopia, because I was locked out. I was very young at this time. So he locked me out of his room with uh, like he put the lock real high on his door. I uh, I often piled up chairs and <laughs> pillows and anything i could and i unlocked his door and snuck in there listened through his records listened through Digging his in tapes, the crates dude cds oh my god it was like it, it, those are just like such fond memories that i have just just going and listening to this, this just huge array of music and he was djing so he had a variety of everything because you know you, you don't uh, and this is something he always told me too. When you DJ, you don't always just buy what you want. You gotta move the crowd, you know. So you yeah, for sure. Everything that would hundred percent. And I, I, I just got sucked in so early, and um, that, yeah, yeah. I just credit him because he was right there with it, and I, and I always just wanted to be like my be like my older brother. So I always looked up to him. He's the cool guy. I gotta be like him. So I want to do everything he does. He was into hip hop. He started DJing, then he started rhyming eventually. Like right around that was probably late 80s early 90s too he started rhyming and i was right there too just trying to you know just just right at his heels following along and it got me to where i am today and i still have that love and appreciation for hip-hop oh it was wild times but yeah i always yeah, remember breaking into his room it's fucking great man trying to scratch and stuff probably messing up his shit he's probably all getting all pissed at me <laughs> who knows I think we should have him on here at some point too, because I'm gonna dig deep. I, I kind of want to dig deep into it. That would be dope. I have dude. a new like new perspective on things now, and it'd be interesting to hear his thoughts on some of that early on stuff. Yeah. Um, but what were some of the like albums or or like first early on memories of music, hip hop songs that you were listening to that you were really just getting into or really loving? So for me, uh, like I was telling you, my dad was really into Too Short and DJ Quick. So those were like probably my first two like introduction wise into um, hip hop. And in particular, you know, the Life is Too Short. Um, yeah, that one came out in 1989. And, uh, you know, like one of my favorite songs on there is uh, City of Dope. And I'm, I'm from Northern California, too. Uh, so I'm 
like about an hour away from Oakland, which is where Too Short's from. So it was like a, a, a local thing, too. Uh, Even though Too cool. Short was okay. nationwide, it was like, a, holy shit, you know, Northern California is on the map. Like, we're a part of mm-hmm. it, too. And it felt good, you know. Um, Does so, he rep like Oakland in his songs a lot and stuff? All the time, dude. Okay. Bay cool. Area, Oakland. Yep. So, um, always talking about it. And, you know, just growing up, I, I've been to Oakland a whole bunch as a kid in San Francisco area and stuff. And he talks about San Francisco as well. So, um, yeah, it was just a part of, uh, you know, like uh, the culture up here. So that's probably why my dad was really into Too Short, too, because it was it was like a local artist that yeah, was kind of blowing shit, up yeah, at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, DJ Quick, uh, Quick is the Name, was definitely uh, one of my favorite albums as a, as a kid. And um, I guarantee you've probably heard the song Tonight from there. Uh, that's probably, if anyone's heard a song from that album, uh, it's probably Tonight. I guarantee if you okay. play it, you, you'd probably recognize it and you've heard I'll it once or twice somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, probably we're never able to put a name to it, but that's, you'll hear it and you'll be like, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, I fucking heard that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, DJ Quick loved him, and he was a uh, uh, similar to Too Short, where he was, you know, always talking about ladies and stuff. But he was from Southern California, so he had a little bit of different vibe than uh, Too Short did. Because Bay Area and LA, they always are, um, you know, a lot of people from outside of California just think California, but in California, you're Northern California or you're Southern California, right? And okay. you know, the Bay yeah, is yeah, Northern I mean. California. And, you know, L.A. is Southern California. So there was like two different styles in terms of fashion, music and all that, too. So, like, even if you go listen to old school G-Funk, you'll notice a, a huge difference in the styles from the Oakland rappers like E-40, Mac Dre, Too Short. They're way different than Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Snoop right, Dogg, yep, yep. you know, DJ Quick. So they that even it's almost like a. you know, in English language, you know, we each have different, uh, different dialects different dialects in terms of slang and stuff so they would talk about the same things but they would say different words for them you know like some people yet they hear bay area slang and they're like what the fuck dude like (laughs) what did you say to me like example um, give me some bay area slang um, quick see if you can think of something off the top of your head it would be strictly bay area that says bay area um well bear out here we call it the yay area do you have you ever heard yay Um, i heard kanye so yay out here in Northern California or means cocaine, cocaine. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, cocaine. So we call it the yay area or yayo. Um, yeah. Yayo's a big uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure you've heard uh, Mac Dre's a or no, that's not Mac Dre. That's uh, Andre Nicotina. Nah, I don't. Um, Andre You're Nicotina gonna be schooling me called... through this freaking series, bro. Because yeah, I don't know many of these West Coast guys. Yeah, You're making me ayo sound for yayo. Walk around with yayo all in my nasal. <laughs> Ooh, okay. but yeah for sure so that's like one of the examples but um yeah uh after that it was like really started to blow up down south so like ice cube ice cube was taking off on his like oh, solo ice career ice um, amazing. he was you know after like the breakup of uh nwa when he kind of went on a solo thing with lynch mob man no. ice cube was something different bro at that stage so um, because he God. had a huge, and one reason that I gravitated so much to Ice Cube too, especially around those times, was 
the East Coast flavor. He definitely had a, a big East Coast flavor, especially in on that first album that uh, after. Uh, God damn, I'm losing my memory here of the title Death of his certificate? album. Uh, nah, nah, the first solo album. Uh, I'm just gonna type it in here. Yeah, but um. It's definitely had a lot. He even had the jam with Public Enemy, and I was off the mm-hmm. wall when that shit came out because, good, good lord. Because even at that time, things started to get a little shaky because we're talking early 90s here. America's uh, Most Wanted. America's Most Wanted, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. So America's Most Wanted was definitely more East Coast flavoring. I think that drew a lot of people into it. Um, yeah, that's right. He had Endangered Species with Chuck D. Yes, that and there's actually a uh, like the best version of that is on like the single. There was a single EP he came out with with like that. I think Nappy Dugout, a couple other crazy tracks were on there. Um, okay, Jacking for Beats was was one of my favorites where he's just taking everybody's beat and he switches it up like twenty times throughout the song. Anybody didn't hear that song? Listen to Jacking for Beats Ice Cube. It's such an amazing just uh, piece of art, I would say. Especially for hip hop, he just changes the beat like every freaking four to six bars. It's crazy. That's um, sick. But yeah, Ice Cube. He did change. I, I think I kind of fell off Ice Cube maybe around uh, like the War and Peace, like right yeah. around the the two thousand two thousand one ish area. But I did too. Everything before that, so classic. I still so classic for all sure. The time. Oh, great shit. Um. Yeah, so like my early days of hip hop were mainly G funk. So, uh, so it was like the Bay Area rappers, Ice Cube, and then my my number one, uh, I would for sure say, is uh, Dog Pound Gangsters. So Dog Pound, wow. they were a the part dog. of. Yeah, Snoop's yeah, they were thing, a part. Right? Actually, it wasn't Snoop. He was really highly affiliated with them and did a lot of stuff with them. But Dog Pound is actually a group consisting of Corrupt Young Gotti and Daz Dillinger. I thought they and were still so, affiliated. Because I remember when they did that whole LA, LA, New York, New York beef song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't I don't know. Go ahead. You're schooling me. Go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, Snoop definitely did tons of stuff with Dog Pound, and he was considered, uh, it's almost like a killer bee thing, right? So like Wu-Tang, you had the Wu-Tang Clan, and then you had the Wu-Tang Killer Bees, right? Which were just Wu-Tang affiliated members. Right. So you had the Dog Pound. And then you had the Dog Pound Gangster Click, so DPGC, and that was like Nate Dog, Superfly, Warren G, Snoop Dog. So it was like a lot of affiliated members. But the ah, original gotcha. Dog Pound is just Corrupt and Daz, and that that was my main, those, that was my shit, were, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good hits. And they they were affiliated with Death Row, and so that was like a big part of Death Row um, too. Uh, a lot of people were big Tupac fans, but like that was, dude, Dog Pound was my shit. Dog Pound was like number one for me. And I remember wow, clearly um, buying the first album that they came out with in 95. It was called Dog Food. And uh, I was with my cousin and we were actually in LA. We were visiting one of our aunts and she was like our younger, cooler aunt. And so we were both underage. And so we t- uh, asked her if she would take us to the record store so we can get the new Dog Pound album. And she took us to the record store and she was like, you know, are your parents cool with this? We are like, yeah, our dads are, you know? And she was just like, all right, you know, cool. So she she bought us uh, both a copy of Dog Pound, Dog Food. 
And dude, that was like you know. The, I'm sure you've heard the song on there, "New York, New York," um, yeah, with yeah, Snoop yeah. Dogg in it. Yeah, yeah, New that's York, what I'm saying. Big city and dreams. L.A., L.A. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Dog Pound, dude. That was that was my shit back in the day. I fucking love. I, I bumped so much Daz and Corrupt this week. It was kind of crazy. I was like getting ah, in the mood for this yeah. show, dude. Yeah. But um, Yo, yeah. I so love- that was my early days, dude. Let me just what, say, uh, I fucking love that we're we're just we got both coasts represented here because yeah, right, yeah, it's just perfect. Because yeah, so deep, I was totally different. I mean, like I grew up. Um, well, one of the biggest things was like I was saying MTV. So as a kid, I watched a lot of TV. MTV was there. Like I said, it was really coming into its own right when I was starting to be a fan of things and entertainment and follow things more closely, you know, and you're not just a dumb kid wandering around like an idiot and you start uh, loving things and focusing on things. So yeah, MTV, I watched a lot for the music. I was always a music fan. Um, It was, it was sort of the transition of rock and rap early on. And I got credit Rick Rubin that got me into hip hop even more so than uh, the little bits that my brother was feeding me because it was it was fight for your right to party beastie boys and run dmc's walk this way they had phenomenal music videos and that drew me in because the videos were funny as fuck like the beastie boys fight for your right to party video if you've ever seen it they're they 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 have this it's a whole it's a whole like production too because they they need to this nerdy kid they break into his house or whatever and they bring in all these like skater biker hip-hop dudes to crash his party and they're just wiling out throwing cake and punch and chasing girls and shit and um it was just a hilarious video as a kid i'm just laughing at shit like them getting hit with the pies and everything like this so just shit like that drew me in uh walk this way as well was a very funny video where run dmc are doing their thing aerosmith in the other room like the adjacent room or studio and they keep pissing each other off by playing their music's too loud so they both start cranking their music and then they burst mm-hmm. through the wall and then all of a sudden you got this rap and rock fusion right there it's a hit it's melody it's catchy i was a kid so i'm like Walk this way. i'm singing it around you know i'm loving this shit and um that just gets you deeper into the rabbit hole you know you find out more about these artists my brother early on, way too early for me to have seen it. He had the um, license to ill, which is Beastie Boys, like VHS concert footage tape. And I watched that so much, mostly because there is one scene in there. And this was my first where a girl flashes the camera. And so you Yo. see some nice tittage. <laughs> and I, as a kid, I know I'm not supposed to be seeing this, but shit. My parents aren't really paying attention. My brother just had this thing. They just think I'm watching some music videos like MTV or whatever. So I'm going to keep watching this video. (laughs) But as I'm watching it for the tits, I get deeper into the music. And before long, fucking License to Ill is probably my first favorite hip hop album of all time. Like it, it, it is ingrained in my soul. I could probably sing the whole thing. I know the track order. I always like think it in my mind too. When you know a track order in order, you can sort of like just sing it in your head and go through the track in the correct order. You're really into that album. I've definitely got that way with that. And uh, just the further venturing into hip hop by sneaking into my brother's room. Um, the story type of songs really ca- captured me early on. There was a uh, a uh, boogie down production song, um, uh, "Love's Gonna Get You," where he's talking about how. 
he's poor he's living in the ghetto him and his brother are struggling and family are struggling uh to make money and eat and he's sharing two pairs of he's sharing three pairs of pants with his brother he's like it's tough <laughs> you can't be cool with, with one, oh no, with one and a half pair of pants. You ain't cool. Was one of his <laughs> funniest lines in there. Um, but he, one of his friends, is a drug dealer, so he starts selling drugs, and then he gets involved in drug dealing. But then all of a sudden, his friend flips on him, and then he's after him, and he starts shooting at him. And then the cops are involved, and there's shots fired, and then like I think his brother gets shot, and all this other stuff. It's a really touching story that captured me. Just little, listen to these stories. There was a, um, a Slick Rick's children's story. I don't know if you've heard Slick Rick's Slick children's Rick. story. I hope you have because it's a must-listen-to uh, song in hip-hop. But it's just another tale of this kid. You know, he starts out uh, doing robberies and gets worse or something. You know, there's these tough tales in, in hip-hop. For sake. I love songs like that that paint a picture for you. It paints a picture. Just, just stories. There's a De La yep. Soul song, Tread Water, where it's just these funny tales of him going around talking to animals and shit. The, the, the group talking to animals. And, and that one has a positive message. There's no drug dealing or killing in that one. Uh, but again, it was a great story. So looking back and thinking just recently about you know, what were my first, you know, songs and albums I really gravitated to, they were all these storytelling genres. So it was, it was, um, that's kind of what got me. Just <clears throat> the the lyricism and storytelling, rock him, whole other level. And my, this is one thing my brother always told me that yeah, as soon as rock him came in the game, he dropped his first album in '86. It changed everything because he wasn't just because you started hip hop out with yes yes y'all get up y'all get on the floor y'all come on y'all and then that was it you just wanted to move yeah. the crowd you were just really keeping the beat going keeping people dancing just getting people hyped by doing some shout outs but he changed it and and he started just rhyming every fucking sentence rhyming every line multi syllable or, or uh, multi throughout all his rhyme schemes he was putting it together like a puzzle and i've always been into creative writing too so as soon as i really realized that this was like wow these people are, are just manipulating words and making them work in this magic fucking way to this music this music is for me i think that's like one of the big revelations in hip-hop too the storytelling and just the art of it piecing things together um that's just that's that's what does it for me that's the, the what i love the most when i find an artist or there's many artists in my repertoire that i listen to that's a big thing for me creativity the artist's um just ability to to do something that would be unexpected or just so creative that it's like wow that is fucking art because it really is fucking art it is yeah it's like poetry so in motion poetry in motion absolutely freaking yeah out. So those I are think, like uh, early on. It's Beastie Boys for sure. You know, that that's a dope point to bring up about like the actual stories in hip hop because, you know, just like you were talking about, there was a point in hip hop where it was more about um I guess dancing, you know, like yeah, in a way. That's what it was. Like right. It was really about dancing and, you know, just uh like a vibe type thing. And even West Coast, early West Coast rap was really about like a vibe. It wasn't you know they weren't the best lyricists you know it was right, just like right. a uh you know a melody that they were keeping and you know it was it was uh super cool but like one of the first 
re- things that I remember in terms of like a story was what I uh, who I was talking about a little earlier well, was DJ short. Quick. Oh, well, too, too short, short did, does that a lot too. Shit, he, great stuff from Too yeah. Short. Um, DJ Quick, he had this one song I remember clearly it was called Just Like Compton. And what he did was he told a story from like four different cities that he was in. And the hook was like, just like Compton, you know. And so he would talk about like a different experience he had in a hood in like Oakland. And then he did St. Louis. And then what was the other one? San Antonio was the next one. And then uh, the next, the, the final one, he did Denver, but he talked shit about Denver. And then the last hook was like, uh, these motherfuckers wish they were like Compton, you know? So like, <laughs> Some Denver but, beef going yeah, on there. Okay. Denver beef, so random. But, he, you know, because he was talking about being at different shows when he was doing hip hop shows and like his like experience that he had, like on, I guess, on a tour, you know, in a way. But yeah, I mean, that was in 92. So because like, that was the first time I remember being like, damn, this guy's like telling me about like a night that he had, you know, it wasn't the most like uh, thrilling story, but it was like my first uh, memory of something like, oh, my God, like this is more than just, you know, get up and dance, y'all. Like, yes, you know? <laughs> right? for sure. It's just a whole new element and not to put down any of the, the get up and dance, jump out your seat. Come on, y'all catch the beat type of shit. But because that's originally, yeah, it was it was originally the four elements. It's just a cultural thing, too, where um, they wanted to dance. They have these dance parties. So dance, yeah, you know, break dancing. Um, the music came in. So you had the DJ. So DJing. The MC, just whoever's saying, you know, keep, you know, get up, y'all. Get up, mm-hmm. And uh, graffiti, because it was the visual aspect of hip hop. And um, and there was just a lot of that. Oh, my brother used to do that a lot, too. So I talk about that. Yeah, I did some graffiti as a kid. Shot me, too. Shit. I, again, just copy. Yeah. We had our whole little gang, but yeah, we talked about that sometimes. For sure. <laughs> we'll make another episode about that. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. There'll be lots of episodes here. I believe, but um, yeah. So those those four elements and it's just the, the evolution of it. I think is one thing that I, I'm looking forward to really digging into because it started off just like that. And it 1973, man, it's crazy. Just crazy, disco, man. Disco tracks and flipping them, finding the break beats and songs. Uh, a lot of a lot of props to James Brown for bringing that style and energy that uh, hip hop eventually started to adopt as well. Um, a lot of that early shit, man. It's just, it's just wild. And, um, I'll say too, because this is one of my favorite aspects of, um, hip hop. And that was right there from the beginning with a lot of this stuff, because as you see, most of this is kind of taking a piece of something, a culture, music, influence of some kind and adding it to your, uh, culture, whatever, twisting it maybe a little bit. Um, when they started doing the, the break beats, they were just taking other people's records, finding the little break beat, you know, get two copies of the same record back and forth, keep this shit going so that the MC can MC. But sampling, I mean, it, I think mm-hmm. it really a lot. Of, I think hip hop to me anyway, I, and I the way I see it, it all comes down to sampling. All sampling of it, like dude. art styles and graffiti, sampling dance styles, sampling the music, sampling lyrics from each other and everything else. And then sampling when that actually a few years later became big with like uh, the MPC and everything. SP12 actually was probably the first machine. We should have a definite 
machine episode too. Like, yeah, machine. I had a SP six oh six. Ooh, nice. Okay, that was the like one of the Groove Master type joints, I believe. Yeah, it was like a like a beat machine sampler. Had yes. a, had a, all the pads like I, don't know, I think it had like twelve, maybe eighteen pads. I forget how many it actually had, but yeah. Between me and my brother, we had the SP eight hundred eight. Yeah, was I think eight hundred eight. Okay, the bigger version of that uh, with the same yeah pads and everything. And it wasn't until sort of recently that I got into MPC, which is actually a uh, oh an amazing thing and a little bit of a learning curve, but um, that's been used in hip hop since its inception uh as a sampling machine and i just the, the sampling i i love just getting little pieces of everything as you can see from our uh bonus theme song one of my favorite things is just finding little samples and trying to put them together in ways that just work you know and yeah it's just, i just find so much fun in that and that is a lot of what i embody in hip-hop as well just these these the fucking sampling element or at least the taking not taking i wouldn't i don't want to say taking but you're 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 uh how would you put it you're just you're influenced by everything around yeah you're repurposing things around you and making it work in your way and uh, there's just something so satisfying and gratifying about that in my world yeah um, and uh, i think it's interesting too because you know hip-hop <laughs> um stems from like urban areas which are usually you know economically deprived so these kids didn't have anything to work with they didn't have guitars they didn't have you know drum sets or pianos or uh saxophones or whatever to do any of this with so what they had to do was work with what people had already recorded and turn it into their own uh with the machines that they they had which back then everybody almost everybody had a phonograph right or a a, some kind of record player turntable of some sort yes Yep, and the fact yep, that yep. you can manually um, adjust like the speeds on a, a record player back then just allowed for so much play um, with other people's music and stuff. And, you know, that that's one of my favorite things about uh, hip hop is the fact that all hip hop artists, I consider them like students of all music. You know, most people think exactly. like, oh, they're just like, you know, gangsters or whatever. But these people listen to classic rock. They listen to jazz, blues, funk, R&B, soul, just like everything, you know, because that was what their pool of um, resources came from was other people's little snippets of, of beats or, or guitar riffs or drums. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. It, it's fun to do, too anybody any for aspiring, sure any aspiring producers out there it's fun to fucking flip samples man there was this competition that i i did for a little bit uh on reddit where yeah you they just provide you a sample and anybody on there flip it you know what i mean There'll really be little guidelines and just hearing the results you know flipping is fun enough but then just listening to everybody's interpretation it's fucking amazing what you can do it is just a little sound yeah i don't know i would say like my first album uh from genre like that was i I had it on on wax and it was houdini escape fucking houdini baby (laughs) houdini escape was the first kind of like you know like that yes yes y'all like that and i had sugar hill gang too sugar hill gang was my other uh albums that i had on on uh 
vinyl that were, I guess, more um, in in line of that super old school original yeah. um, hip hop. Yup. <laughs> See, and that's my like bread and butter. Yeah. right there. I love that shit. And that and that Freaks was come out right at night. Freaking oh, out at night. You do that Freaks was a banger, man. Oh, it was great. Freaking come out. Oh man, <laughs> I, I would say for anyone who wants a brief intro, because I was so ecstatic, and this combines our love of video games too, but when Vice City, Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out, they had the, the soundtrack on there, oh, what was the radio station, they had the old school hip hop radio station on there, and they were playing shit like that, and I was just so ecstatic to like hear this shit in a video game, like, oh right. my god, like, they just took the, took you back, and they were so accurate. All dressed in your 80s Miami party. clothes? Fuck yeah, dude, riding <laughs> yeah, a fucking dude. moped. Oh man, that was fucking great. But yeah, that soundtrack was definitely tight, and uh, some good classic old school hip hop. Um, like yeah. I said, that's definitely a nice little selection to kind of intro yourself. Um listening to that i'll have to look and see what that and obviously for me as a west coaster when san andreas came out it was like yo like what we're fucking cruising through la bumping ice cube like in a video game oh man that game was bro grove street families i still claim that gang to this day like fuck yeah yeah that made me appreciate west coast hip-hop even more i think (laughs) Probably brought kidding. you a little like, closer. It really huh? did. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Because that, that, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Oh man, that's wild. Um, so, say, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, you know, we kind of talked about like our super early introductions. Like, what was it like for you? Um, in the I guess like mid to late '90s, did you kind of keep, um. Did you explore more in that period? I, that was my my nerd phase, my hip hop nerd phase, because I okay. did a deep dive. Again, thanks to my brother for getting me into it. Um, I I felt I, I felt like I was in the wrong like growing up too. I felt like I was in the wrong time period because I was always going back and listening to a little bit earlier stuff like that he was really into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, God, I wish I was born ten years earlier so I could really feel the culture when this shit was hitting blah 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 but um so to to make up for it i did so much research on hip-hop i did i dug into yeah history and in depth and got everything yeah 90s was wild that's when i started getting creative with it too because um and uh everybody out there could check out my soundcloud the real ghost t because i uh do like producing and rapping i like rapping more than producing i'm not that great at producing but i have fun doing it but um, I loved the lyricism and writing, and the '90s were when I when I exploded because uh, yeah, again '80s it was, it was a lot of like rock him, um, uh, Bismarcky was big Bismarcky, back then. Public okay. Enemy, I do have N.W.A. on my list too because yeah. I do remember listening to it because again that was one of those things where I was a little young so it was like listening to some of that shit was was a little naughty I probably shouldn't be listening to it yeah for a lot sure. of that hip-hop <laughs> I got into that way but yeah NWA shit um fucking Tribe Called Quest Tribe was, Called was Quest way on my radar back then all the like De La Soul that's probably one of my top groups for sure them Beastie Boys rock him like especially like yeah early like early 90s and stuff um but what what changed it all 
was uh was it 92 or 93 well 91 to 93 when Nas came on the scene because I was kind of getting in there early enough where I could I, I was seeing him kind of grow too you're in uh fucking main sources live at the barbecue with Nas it's like this cat's on another level that I have another level since dude Cam. he was taking it to such another level he yeah voice the flow the lyrics the, again storytelling shit was in a lot of his stuff so Nas but 93 when Wu-Tang dropped on the scene yeah that's when it changed everything for me because that's when I was like oh my god I listened to that it was funny it was it was the Enter the Wu-Tang album and Onyx back the fuck up were the two albums that were in the most heavy rotation this was probably my like uh, first year, or second year of junior high, I believe. So um, that just put took took me in a tailspin, and and right around there is when I first started like smoking weed and stuff too, and being bad. Um, but in writing, but right, I was getting into writing rhymes and stuff. And we were doing our little rap group, crew, click, gang type thing too, whatever. So, um, but yeah, Wu Tang and that whole thing, just the way they came on the scene was again mind blowing so yeah the 90s yeah. was filled with a lot of Wu-Tang a lot of group stuff like Boot Camp Click is Boot a Camp great Clip. love of Mad Libs so many great members in it or no that wasn't that Boot Camp not Mad nah, Mad Libs I was thinking Loot Pack that's a Loot Pack group but Boot yeah. Camp Click was like uh, Sean Clip. Price Sean you know, Helter Skelter yeah. um, with, with songs like original Gun Clappers they had um, um, Buckshot from Black Moon, they had their Smith and Wesson, which had to change their name because yeah. the fucking gun company sued or something. So then they had to go to the Coco Brothers for a while there. But I was so much into the boot camp click stuff because they were kind of like uh, underground Wu Tang sort of. Even though Wu Tang was sort yeah. of underground in a sense, boot camp was sort of like this giant group collective that had all these unique styles. But they felt a little more underground, like not as many people knew about them. And uh, digging in the crates too, with like Big L, Fat Joe yep. actually started in digging in the crates. You had AG, Showbiz, and AGs, two guys who did some great stuff. Lord Finesse, again, a lyrical mastermind. Uh, digging Kid Koala, um, right? Well, that was that was D. Was that DITC? DITC. Digging and in then the uh, what? Fat Joe, Fat Joe, OC. Yep. And then uh, Big Pond, I think. It was in a couple of those, but then they spun out and did their own fat joke. Yeah, yeah. For a while. Um, so, yeah. So, that was that was a lot of the 90s. But I, I did, in the 90s, stay up on a lot of stuff. I was a little more selective on some of the stuff that I would, uh, you know, keep in rotation. But the 90s, I will say, was a good time when good music was still coming out. And it was just, like, fresh on the scene. Like, some of the best moments in the 90s were, like, new cd day you know you go to the store to get a new cd and it was just a, it was just a fucking experience like getting home or whenever you could listening through that album one track at a time you know taking it all in and then and these were artists who were hungry and coming up and you know trying to make a name for themselves and stuff a lot of artists early on in their prime and so it was it was great fucking times in the 90s so being an east coast hip-hop head yeah there was a lot of great material and uh stuff that i was listening to Bob Deep, shit like that. Like everything was crazy. And yeah, then you had the whole Figgy thing. And Biggie Tupac. Tupac. Yeah. And it was it was crazy time for hip hop, but it really it was, was fun to yeah. be involved. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, late 90s or like, you know, mid mid nineties was when I really started to like branch out a little bit as well. Um 
from just strictly West Coast hip hop. Um, I started to listen to uh, from the East Coast. It was Wu Tang. Wu Tang was my yeah. first like real like East Coast group that I got addicted to. And uh, like what we were talking about earlier on the sampling, I thought Wu Tang changed the game because oh. they didn't just sample from other music at that moment. They did something different, which was they started sampling from movies, movies and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and for me, um, I was a big Kung Fu film fan as a kid. My dad raised me on all kinds of Kung Fu films and. Um, stuff like Lone Wolf and Cub or Shogun Assassin. There was, you know, Bruce Lee movies. Um, you had all kinds of shit back then. And then there was like that, the hood version of, of, of a kung fu film. It was called The Last Dragon, where it was like, you know, the main character, his name was Bruce Leroy. He was like a black Bruce Lee. Dude, <laughs> dude it is. Fuck out of here. I swear to God, dude. I swear I to God. But, it, you know, it was a big part of, like, uh, like urban and hip-hop hop culture, too. So, like, when Wu-Tang came on the scene and I would hear snippets of some of the um, kung fu films that I liked, I was like, no Float fucking away, way. Right? Yeah, I was like, yep. I know that movie, you know. And so that was really um, uh, what snagged me into, into Wu-Tang. But um, another... I also started to look at other places too, and one of them was uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony from oh, Ohio. Yeah, okay. So yep. they were like an anomaly, weren't they? Like, yeah. I felt like hip hop was always everyone always talked like it was you know West Coast and East Coast at the time, and then out of nowhere, fucking Bone Thugs and Harmony comes out of nowhere, and they're like, "We're from Ohio," and everyone was like, "What the what? fuck? What like Ohio?" <laughs> yeah, dude, and they were they were legitimate like gangsters, you know, like those oh, yeah. guys listening to their stuff. Oh man, I remember when my cousin first, yeah. Dude, when my cousin first played, um, what is it? Wake up, wake up, wake, wake up. up. It's the first, first of the month. month. Yeah, For a while dude. there, I played that every like, first what? of the month. Like, yeah, dude. Boys would call each other and blast it in the phone. Like, sure. Seriously, it was for like years. <laughs> Man, that was a good one. And then uh, that was also when I got into like Dirty South rap. And I gravitated towards... Um, Outcast. So Big Boy and... Uh, Andre 2000 it was just like they were I I really got I really liked um southern rap because it felt like west coast hip-hop where it was like a vibe in a way it's a style more yeah it was a style of vibe and they were also the south was really into like lowrider scene and so was the west coast so they had that in common so they always talked about like their dope ass Cadillacs and their fucking Impalas and shit like that. And like, I could relate to that on the West coast. Cause my dad was in like lowrider car clubs and I grew up like going cruising on the weekends. Like we would hit the strip and like sit cars and meet up with my dad's friends. Oh, and then dope. when I grew up, okay. me and my friends, we, you know, we put rims on our cars and then on the weekends we would go and meet up at in and out parking lots and we'd be fucking <laughs> working on our, our custom car stereos and bumping hip hop and all that stuff. And uh, so I love Dirty South Rap, and dude, in Outkast, their first album that I liked was, it was called Southern Playlistic Cadillac oh, Music. Cadillac music yep. Yeah, for sure, dude. That's a like, great call, album. That was Call classic. of the Wild, like that song that on there, oof, 
Man, uh, like that was a uh, you know, Goody Mob was on that album, dude. Uh, That's right, Goody. So they hit, oh, they hit shit. fucking hard back then, dude. The mid '90s was crazy. It was, uh, it you was know, crazy. It really was. A lot of people were were talking about Tupac and Biggie, but that was really in like an explosion of hip hop, like all over the place. All over, and, a lot of people experimenting. It was great. Yeah, it was like the. It was a good time, man. Yeah, America, you even had baby. some shit coming out of Florida too. You know, you had like two live crew. Um, two live, yeah. Well, they were no, they were actually uh, mid eighties, late eighties. I think oh, yeah, by earlier the, than that. Yeah. I think by the mid nineties, they probably were all arrested or something. I think they probably yeah them out of the the spotlight. But yeah, two live <laughs> yeah, crew. They, yeah, I forgot they were. They right hated out of Florida. them. Oh yeah, they were there. Yeah, no one liked two live crew. They were probably one I of mean, the first like raunchy rappers, right? Oh, they I, just I would, talked about fucking like in general like people were like what what i would say yeah probably <laughs> i mean nwa had a couple of the jaunts like that too it wasn't too short really on that kind of really raw. too short was all over that but yeah yeah i, I, I just how remember... young you were when you were because you said that was like one of your first like too listen young. to that how young yeah exactly okay so that was like, like me listening yeah and like that was like <laughs> i was telling you um that was like you know my dad would slide me that kind of stuff on the side we only listened to that when mom wasn't around you know like (laughs) when mom was around i didn't know who too short was (laughs) (laughs) and or like you know you would hear um the edited versions on the radio too yeah so like you would hear those versions so it's not like it was like it completely escaped me but yeah my dad always let me listen to the the parental advisory smoking smoking yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All the weird little edits and yeah, we used yeah. to make fun of that type of shit and just repeat the the you know clean edits when we were hanging out and bullshitting around and shit. <laughs> For some sure. Of them were so fucking goofy. Good yeah. Lord. Oh, that's fucking wild, man. But yeah, nineties nineties were good, man. Nineties were just phenomenal i remember being subscribed to the source for like years the source and reading through that i still have somewhere which um actually i don't even know if i do but it was it was at my parents house for a while but i had the the source when um eminem actually was in the unsigned hype column i think it was uh, it was march 98 i believe when he was just trying to pop on the scene and they had one of his songs on the unsigned. if anyone who read the source remembers they did an unsigned hype column where they um, posted up a up and coming or, you know, prospective uh, MC who's trying to get in the game. They posted up like some of his lyrics and talked about him a little bit and whatever single he was trying to release or mixtape or something. So, um, yeah, I still have somewhere that source where Eminem was just unsigned hype back in fucking 98. Kind of weird. That's so crazy. That. I know. <laughs> Very crazy. But fuck, man, it, it, it's damn, it's changed. It's it's crazy that that's been that long ago. To be honest, I can't right? Twenty twenty three. We have a long way to go. I think we're gonna have a lot of shows to do. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I think uh, what was it? Outcast was like just celebrating like thirty year anniversary anniversary for Aquemini. Like I was like, what fucking Aquemini? I think I'm almost positive. I remember dude, buying was, that fucking album. It was 30 album. or 25, dude. It was something. I cr- dude, that. I looked at the stat hey, and I was like, good God, album. bro. Like, That's fucking nuts, man. That is fucking nuts. Oh, let me shout out real quick, too. Another great uh, storytelling jam. Everyone just needs to check it out. Cool G Rap, and he's another one who I listened to early on. Mm-hmm. Which I forgot. There's so many that I listened to. I'm like blanking on here. Um, but Cool G Rap. A thug's love story. I never hear anyone ever talk about this, 
but do yourself a favor people check this if you want a good story john it's very like mafioso gangsters running from dudes on snowmobiles shooting at them and skis and shit kind of wild adventure but a thug's love stories like it's such a great track i, I think that was like mid maybe even late 90s, but it was such a great fucking track i had to mention it. i don't know i was just well, thinking about that i'm one. writing that one down right now check that shit out it's a crazy yeah. story john if you're a, a fan of the uh, story john's that is um oh red man too for fuck's sake 90s a lot of that Ooh. for me was Red Man because I was like Red I said Man. I started smoking weed around this time and Red Man Wu Tang were coming out. It was like perfect timing. In fact, my brother, thanks, bro, got me blazed for the first time at the beach. And um, oh no, that was that was I think the year before. Never mind. So I was good. No, I think it was. I think it was the year that uh, that. Uh, oh no, was that? was the year prior i don't know but i remember being blazed at the beach it might have been the year after i first smoked weed with my brother at the beach for the first time but i remember listening to the grave diggers album which was like uh not a wu-tang side project sort of because rizzo was in it prince paul was, was yeah, in it, it was just fucking great shit but i remember the first grave diggers single listening to that at the beach when i was blazing as fuck. i just love my popped in there that's all carry on yeah yeah I uh, I went um, like it wasn't till later that I did this, um, but I went crazy deep with Wu Tang because um, of like all of their affiliated members. Yeah, just I, I mean, like they had so many good uh, people that were just like kind of signed to their label, Remember Sons of Man. Yeah, you had like the what, Pro- Prodigal Son. Uh, uh, you had uh, Shaheem. You had um, like Killer Priest was kind of affiliate. Hellraiser. Oh, Hellraiser. Little yeah, kid. Sha- did you say Shaheem? Is that what you just said? Shaheem. Yeah. The Wild Child. Whatever. Um, His first album's all right. Uh, Law of the Dark Man. Yeah. Is that, dude, I think I mean, that's the white dude, ain't it? One of the one white dude who I bugged out at the time, and I was like, eh, yeah, I don't know if I like it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. He, he gets his, there's a woof. There's like another little group called GP Woo. Like they were fucking sick. Um Sun- lit, You said Sons of Man, yeah? Sons of Man. Yeah. Kill yeah. Army. That was yeah. I Kill saw Army. Kill Army. I saw Rizza and Kill Army at this park near my house. It was fucking wild. That was like probably the closest I got to a good hip hop show y'all. Watching Rizza perform a little bit and Kill Army perform. That's sick. Um do one time. Speaking of like a like a little hip hop show, uh, I was we were supposed to see me and my buddies bought tickets to see Jizza in Sacramento, and there was a group like an underground hip hop group opening for him, and they were called Swollen Members. I don't know if you've ever heard of Swollen yeah, Members yeah, yeah. or not. So they were opening for Jizza, and it was supposed to be at this place called Colonial Theater in Sacramento, which was like a, a normal spot for like hip hop shows when they rolled through town for them to go. Um, okay. Kind of in the ghetto. Uh, it was like not the greatest part of town, but that was where you went to see the hip hop shows. Yeah. Yep. And so we bought tickets to see Jizzo, Um and the show got moved last minute. And because it got moved last minute, they weren't able to like really um, get that message out to all the people. <sighs> 
That's right? fucked up. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy, Yo. but we happened to be at, uh, like, Colonial Theater super early, and we'd, um, you know, kind of found out through word of mouth from people that were, like, hanging around the area that, like, hey, they moved the fucking show last minute, and it's going to be at this bar, you know, across town. And we were like, oh, no shit. So we fucking jet across town, and we go there. Dude, and Jizza and Swollen members show up. About fucking 15 people show up for this show. Bro. And it's, and it's at a bar. And we are just sitting in this bar watching Jizza just fucking destroy. And he was drinking glass after glass of Hennessy. And there was about oh, shit, fucking okay. 15 people in the bar, dude. <laughs> dude and he fucking, ended up. That's our private show, bro. It was dope. It was one of the dopest things but ever. We were like, though. Okay, so him in, the, him in that scenario, do you think he's giving it his all? Because no, he, he definitely sees didn't. and realizes that, oh, man, I got 15 he people here. What am I doing? <laughs> he definitely didn't. And we were okay with that because we were all like, you know what? Like, we're at this little bar. Like, let's all fucking drink and just chill, you know? That's like, chill, bro. You know? And so, like, Jizza would just kind of, like, do a song and then he would fucking get <sighs> down and he would go back and he would get his own drink at the bar. Grab a fucking drink, <laughs> mosey back up to the stage, Yo, and then do lit, another bro. fucking song. And we were like, dude, it was wild, bro. It, and, you know, I, I don't know how that happened, but oh yeah, it was like, God. it was such a weird situation. But yeah. Fucking genius. Jizza. Jizza was sick, I love dude. Jizza. Yeah, he was probably, uh, he's definitely one of my, I mean, it's hard to rate the Woo members because they're all so different. Again, that's one of the things that works in their benefit that they're all, yeah, they all bring such a unique style. But uh, lyric wise, yeah, Jizz was Jizz was probably one of my favorites. Him yeah. and Specta were probably Specta's my, my number one. That's not just even close. The lyrics, the lyrics, yeah, mm, just the again, the way like Cold World alone, man, the the picture that fucking paints in that song. God damn, I love that song. It was uh, um, his verse in Triumph. Oh, Triumph was great. Dude, his what verse about in this, Triumph. Bro. Whoa. Inspector, you like, talking? Inspector, dude. I what mean, about his uh, verse with uh, Gangstar? Do you, you know Above the Clouds? Oh, dude, that's the one clouds. of the sickest yeah. verses I've ever bum, heard from him, bum, I think. Bum, 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 God damn. Fucking premiere fucking beat and scratch. For sure, dude. God damn. Premiere, too. Like, I gotta throw him out there. Gangstar is an early Gangstar. on of mine. Fuck for sure. Rest in peace, Guru. I, still, I still listen to Inspect the Deck actually because he goes under the <laughs> moniker now called Zarface. Well, yeah, they're and, on. Yeah, they're in. They're in uh, Zarface. Yep, Zarface. It's him in. Uh, what's the producer's name? I forget. Uh, Esoteric. Seven L yeah, Esoteric. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I just read that they have signed to some new uh, new deal or something, so they should be dropping a lot more albums. I forget the exact specifics of it, but I was kind of like my eyebrow raised, like, "Oh shit, okay, they're still doing their thing." Because they are. I didn't know what when their last album even was out, but it seemed like it was a few years ago, so I wasn't sure if they were still doing it. I love the comic book style of Zarface. Uh, well, it's it's that Doom style, man. And, you know, Doom, we didn't go dude. to our Emmett we didn't go Poon. into our two thousands for our what we liked, which we can maybe get yeah. to later. I like just keeping it for the early stuff. For sure, this we can episode, say that for another yeah. show. Motherfucking yeah. Doom was a lot of my 2000s. There's no doubt about yes. it. And yeah, the, that's almost... They, they, Zarface, Zarface fucking embodied fucking... Just that production style, like that early Doom album. It's just 
they did that whole album together. Yeah, uh, their album. Sarface versus Metal Face. Yup, yup. It's yeah. a great album. It's not enough to admit it, but hey. Yeah, yeah. Die, so I understand. Although, that, did that come out before he died? I don't know. Before. It was I believe. a weird time frame. Okay, okay, okay. I think it was like. If he's dead, I still don't think before. he's dead. But that's going to so? be our conspiracy. Bahamas, that, that's going to be our conspiracy episode. Be he's out there with uh, Tupac. <laughs> yeah, Tupac. Baby. Yeah, yeah. They're all just chilling. <laughs> what is that? JD. Uh, What's that? Or J Dilla? J Dilla? Oh, Dilla. Yeah. Dilla. Yeah. R.I.P. God, a lot of, mm, a lot of death in hip hop too. But there's I know, a lot of death right? In everything. So what are you gonna do? We're getting old, dude. Of course, of course, some of our favorites are passing away. It's fucking too old heads. True. It's yeah. Too fucking true. Very sad. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Did you have anything else on your early experiences in uh, hip hop that you wanted to uh, talk about? Because then I did want to go over like some of the topic ideas that we have for future shows, so people know what to look out for. Um. I do, you know what? Shout I do out. have a, a curious question. Uh, sure. So there was like a, a guy that I was really into, um, young, who was crazy, and I'm curious if this was like a nationwide thing, if like anybody else has heard of him because he was from Sacramento, and uh, it might just be like a local flash in the pan for me. But um, uh, this guy named Brother Lynch Hung. Did you ever hear of Brother Lynch Hung? Look, I've heard the name. I'm sure I've heard tracks, but I okay. can't right now place any of it. That's something I'll have to dig into. For sure. But the name, I've definitely heard that in the hip hop circles for some reason. Definitely All right. ringing bells right now. The fact maybe that it's not even a, recognizable not a little bit kind of makes me Brother like, Lynch, because yeah. he's from Sacramento. So, like, you know, as a local, sometimes you don't know if, like, other people really know of somebody that's from your city you know what i mean just because you're like oh for sure you grew up listening to him but that was an, another one he was totally and I, actually it's probably kind of on theme for the month but uh he used to rap about crazy shit so he had like you know skits where he would have like a devil voice and it was like him talking with the devil okay and then okay. dude he would he would like describe like uh, just like gory scenes so it was like kind of gore it was it was like gore rap i don't dude it's he rapped about some strange stuff, but it was almost like it was a pushback because they were trying to censor gangster rap at the time. Because this was like early 90s, like 92, 93, you know, when they were like pushing back on. There was a lot of gangster government. rap. Yeah, they were really yeah, pushing back. Censorship was a huge NWA thing. NWA was a big target in those mm-hmm. uh, triggers. So I was just kind of curious if that was like a local thing, but I don't know. I Maybe definitely if you heard, listen dude, to some know. of his tracks and you recognize heard. them, I'd be curious. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dig into it. Yeah, that's what I'm loving this show, so I can get all this new shit. I'm writing down all this stuff. That I'm, I'm gonna be checking out uh, tonight yeah. or soon for sure. Did you have any um, local artists, like maybe like from Philly, that like never really got big that you listened to in the early days? Not particularly, to be honest. No, okay. The, the, the closest. And they were not the phenomenon that they are now. And I don't know if they're a phenomenon in every circle, but they're definitely known. But um. And my brother used to get their like first two albums when no one knew about them. But uh, the Roots, man, right from Philly, the Roots, the, the oh damn, hip hop band themselves. Uh, my brother had the Organics, which was their first. Uh, I don't even think their first CD, Organics, is even on Spotify. But he had that fucking LP, 
and uh he got those for early on records i think he because my brother used to go to philly and back all the time and do hip-hop stuff yeah new york too i believe because uh yeah dj and everything so that's why i definitely want to interview this motherfucker it's old old head get some yeah. knowledge but um so yeah the roots was probably the most local band um that i really that's got dope. into but they did actually blow up. yeah black thought quest love <laughs> oh fuck yeah um phenomenal actually you know how i brought up the dog pound earlier um i do corrupt was was born in pennsylvania originally get out of here and uh he grew up on the west coast though so his first album called corruption it was a double disc album and the first disc was called the east coast cd and the second disc was called the west coast cd and so he kind of showed love for both coasts because he grew up in philly and then or he was born in philly and then grew up most of his life in uh like compton so fresh prince yeah so he kind of brought yeah he brought a little bit of both styles (laughs) for sure and like that double disc uh corruption album was pretty tight i like that one a lot but Ah, okay yeah Pennsylvania, dude, some bears, roots, corrupt, goddamn. Yeah, there's probably some more. Oh, for sure. Pittsburgh heads, right? Or some Pittsburgh mm-hmm. rappers. There's gotta be a Pittsburgh rapper out there. All right, well, I'm a Harrisburg rapper. Bringing it, You're, bringing it yeah, that's bringing right. It on the map, rep- baby. Representing, dog. <laughs> 30 years of making hits, nobody heard yet. Yo, but you'll hear them <laughs> someday, maybe. That's Still right. Not. If you listen to the beginning and the end of this show, you've heard yeah, it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Halfway there. Oh, shit. That's wild. For sure. Yeah, that's about it for my early days, man. For you, too? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I think I, I brought up everything that really uh, hit me back then. Tone Loke hit me. Oh, you, well, I got a question for you. Yeah, this was on my thing here that I did want to ask about. Because I did get suckered into this for a, a while. I was I was just at the at the ripe age. For you, you ever get into any Vanilla Ice or MC Hammer? For sure. Okay, good. Thank God, yeah. man. I'm like nervous. Like, God, please. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, we call them one hit wonders for a reason, right? Yeah, it didn't you last. Know? And I they just remember my brother punking me at the time. He knew, yeah. thankfully, back then that this was not good music. Because he was, there was a yeah, few involved like in that. real hip hop. And I Chris was Cross. listening to that shit as a kid. Crisscross. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> jump, Make you want to jump, jump. Yeah. <laughs> there was a few corny oh, ones shit, out there, but dude. Yeah, I, I was into it for that time. And yeah, definitely remember. Um, I think I got the MC. I remember getting the MC Hammer album for that, whatever Christmas that was. I was off listening to it. It was, good, it was good shit for the time. I don't. I, 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 yeah. I couldn't go back and listen though. I, I, you know what? I am. I'm gonna go back and listen to that and see how it holds up. I'm gonna listen to that whole Vanilla Ice album. Yeah, because I really only listened to at the time the probably the one or two songs, whatever the hits were. Right. <clears throat> who else but, would we? Uh, to- who else would we toss in that? Maybe Coolio. Coolio, maybe. I don't know. There's, right there's an edge songs to Coolio, outside of that. Though. Yeah, I, I can't put. I can't put Coolio in that. I mean, yeah, the worst offenders right. were yeah. definitely yeah, Vanilla Ice was like the biggest offender, especially like with his bullshit because he came out with a whole big fake like biography thing, and then oh it gets yeah, yeah, all weird with the Suge Knight thing, hanging him off a balcony or whatever the fuck else happened there. But a lot of shadiness with Mister Van Winkle or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> is that name Van Winkle? 
<laughs> yeah, I would consider Weird Al a better rapper than um, Oh, Vanilla Weird Al Ice. can crush. Yo, Weird you know Al is my saying? fucking goat, bro. <laughs> For sure. Weird Al was fucking wrapping circles around uh, any of them fools. That's hella funny. <laughs> It's beginning Coolio. He did the, the, the Amish Paradise. Amish Paradise, yeah. Holy fuck! You're welcome in the hip hop circle in hip hop history. For sure. <laughs> oh fuck! But yeah. Double check my list for last time. See if there's any other little weird thing that I forgot to mention. Karis One, Beast Boys. Oh, and to this day, I'll just, I will just say, yeah, Beastie Boys is is probably one of my top two favorite groups of all time. Because them more than anything, them being one of my first like hip hop groups and bands that I really got into, I followed them along their path and grew up with them. And there is an evolution to their music that is deep unless you really get into it. That's the way with a lot of artists, obviously. Yeah, not everyone gets into it on that level. But um, there's definitely an evolution there, and I definitely feel like I, I grew and learned and evolved along with them. So that's they place a personal, uh, like top one or two of all time groups in general for me. So I just I'm gonna need up, to big up props, Beastie Boys, rest in peace, MCA. I'm gonna have to uh, deep dive on them, dude, bro. Um, I, you know, I, just I, like you, I would you, go you, through. You've it. heard some West Coast stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. it's just like me, like I've heard East Coast stuff and I've probably heard like the hits of like hits, all of these you, all these people you're talking about. You don't know the catalog. Yeah, but like, you know, it was West Coast albums that I listened front to back. You know, and I'm sure it was for you, it was East Coast albums that you listened to you're front so to right. back. Yeah. You know and what I, I mean? And then I heard a couple Snoop Dogg hits tracks from the West. or yeah. NWA tracks, not all of them or whatever the fuck else. Yeah, you know, you're so right, man. I would highly recommend, though, yeah, doing a, a dive in, on Beastie Boys. Like, um, and I, I feel honestly, if you want to give, if you really want to appreciate any artist, and this is just one of my things for rock, any music, whatever, um, read up on how they kind of got together. I, I think this is, 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 it just makes you appreciate the artists in general, you read up on how they got together, maybe some behind the scenes stuff of their whole touring days or whatever else. Okay. Don't Go they have a good documentary? Chronologically. They did just come out with a uh, beastie boy story. I think, I think it's Apple TV. Okay. I might look into that. Find you could find that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Or the book. If you like reading the book was phenomenal that they just came out with too. And definitely. I do like reading the, the deep depths of all of them. Cause yeah, beastie boy started out as a fucking hardcore punk band and, evolved just again like with hip-hop they were started listening to disco in the clubs and then seeing you know how it gets mixed up and how it grew and jumped right in with it and um as white boys i'm proud they get the respect that they do no one really hates on the beastie boys like that because they weren't really there from the beginning you know so it's like you know that's 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 huge right there um but damn what the fuck was i even talking about with that with the what was i talking about Talking about like uh, they were uh, like your oh, number I, two, and if I was to, I would you say know, yeah, chronologically look into their too. background too, as well and as then, their uh, music. Yeah, and then listening to something like that, you do got to kind of put yourself in the time frame because I think that's yeah. hard to do a lot of times. And even with me going back to listen to some of the seventies and eighties hip hop to prepare for this week and this show, um, like 
it's rough. Some of it, it's kind of like going back to old video games. We talk about it yeah. all the time on Lost Boys. You go back to some of these old games, and it's it's kind of rough just for various reasons to get into it, whether the sound quality is off or the way that a fucking uh, note is hitting or that they're saying something or, you know, it's just, it's sometimes it's a little rough. So you really do got to kind of put yourself in the time frame, be aware of what was coming out at the time and how uh, their shit was impacting and kind of ahead of its time at that time, where as now it kind of looks behind the times, but I don't know. It's yeah. just a great depth and um, um, art. They were very and, experimental in art and musical because they did have, again, these fucking elements from all over the place. They started doing fucking punk rock. So they grabbed that and threw that into hip hop and mixed the rock yeah. and roll shit in hip hop. And then when they went to Paul's Boutique and the story behind Paul's Boutique, which they created in the West Coast. So they were in L.A. That might make you appreciate Paul's Boutique in its entirety. I would say listen to that album straight through. It was kind of made to be listened straight through. Okay. But um, it's nothing but samples. Like the whole album is a is is it could never be made today. So think of that because this album has so many samples. The co- the laws were not as they are now, so they got away with producing this album. Uh huh. But the whole album is samples. Like I don't think there's not there's one like original piece of music in there. Like the Dust Brothers were the producers on this, who actually did early Tone Loke stuff. Which, weird to think but um they just created this masterpiece of samples and then the way that the boys brought all their stuff because they were in la getting fucking stoned all the time doing acid and skiing in the mountains and just making music having fun they were they 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 stayed at this fucking old lady's house that they rented out to create the album and there was nothing but like 70s funk and soul records and outfits. And they were just listening to all this shit. And then so you feel that funk vibe all throughout Paul's Boutique. Because they were just playing around with all these elements. It's just it's just this crazy story of how it all came together. And then the album is perfect, I would say. All Definitely right. a top. That's on my list. Album. That's got to be on your list, bro. Just Paul's Boutique front to back got the name too get stoned listen to that shit you'll fucking love it it's crazy yeah paulie's boutique there you go <laughs> yeah for sure and then another thing for 50th uh, year of hip-hop and beastie boys i gotta get the props speaking of that paul's boutique they named it although it was recorded entirely in la they named it after paul's boutique which was this little store on this corner in uh manhattan or brooklyn actually i think but um that is where just like three weeks ago, the the uh, intersection was renamed Beastie Boys Square. Officially, no way. they were inducted in there. They had the whole speech and celebration there, and it's officially they were holding this fucking street sign. It's Beastie Boys Square now. That exact corner where that Paul's Boutique store was, and they just named it just being funny because it was just a store that was there in Brooklyn. It's crazy, yeah great fucking history yeah there's deep fucking great history in beastie boys i will say they did some crazy shit check that shit out love it gets me all hype bro sorry for sure (laughs) all right um oh go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say like just talking about that paul's boutique thing um it just reminds me too about like what the whole experience was like for just like record stores in general you know, back then, like record stores were a huge part of my life back then, dude. Going, yes. 
to the fucking it was store. An experience. To, you would spend hours there too. Oh I would God. fucking flip through used music for so long, you know, looking through old records or tapes or CDs. You know, I'd buy used CDs <sighs> all the time. You'd get used CDs for a couple bucks, like three oh, bucks. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So I miss that aspect, that physical, like analog aspect of the music industry for sure. It's yeah, it's great. I still know. do that now. At, do you? Uh, you go like to record stores? Still? Nah, there's not record stores like that. You know, same like, like all my good market stores closed. Salvation Army, we got the store near us, Community Aid, which is, is the Salvation Army kind of thing, where they just yeah. have whatever the fuck. But wife and kids want to go there, I'll tag along, I beeline right to the fucking the music, music section, because they still got the records, they got CDs, and um, I know I can Spotify anything, but um, yeah, the physical CDs, you can find so many little um, local things, it's weird. Like high school band performances that might have been captured on CD, and for someone like me who likes producing and, and hip hop stuff, make creating a sample stuff, from that. Samp- Yo, I've sampled <laughs> so many weird little things like that. Like, yeah, I found this 1968. Um, it's a local school, like just across the river here, but uh, local. But this local high school band, someone recorded on a record, fucking pressed record. Uh, this high school band doing some shit from yeah 1968 and i flipped some crazy samples all of that shit man it's just it's just so so awesome finding that kind of stuff listening through it finding those little sounds and then turning it into something different entirely the itc man digging in the crate school yeah baby (laughs) oh yeah fucking love it man hip-hop who'd have thunk it so we got some wow. plans for future shows. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I just uh, I, I do you have any main themes because I've been writing themes down like crazy. I think we should have episodes based on, you know, artist spotlights. We definitely I want maybe next week for the actual origin. Like you want to go in deep into. August 11th, 1973, the start and the of surrounding hip-hop. couple years where it was really just like. Because I want to dig deep, I think, next week into Cool Herc, into um, Grandmaster Flash, and Grand Wizard Theodore, who are pretty much the three founding members of the the hip-hop sound. Um, So I think we can highlight them a little bit next week and just that really origin of hip-hop and how it all started. And the music just started taking off. 1970 fucking three. Now they were, uh, were they just before African Bombata and the Zulu nation? No, that was, that was still, what did you say before? Yeah. Yeah. They were right before. They were just before that. Yeah. Okay. Cause I know he was like a super early, um, I guess hip hop. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. He, he definitely broke ground as well with a lot of fucking shit and getting it popular. At least Uh getting it popularized. Getting it popular for sure. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think he was arrested recently for some kind of child thing. So don't worry. Uh, so, but but what? we'll respect his, no. his previous <laughs> what he contributed, no, not to what man. he's doing now. I hate it when <laughs> there was some, some of your crazy shit. Grow up. What the fuck, I know, dude? <laughs> yeah, but there was definitely some crazy shit with like Zulu Nation and Africa Bam and this oh, crazy man. scam shit. And it was just like the last few years too. Maybe we'll do an episode broke, on that so. down the road. We fucking definitely got to. <laughs> um. 
But uh, yeah, I I, I kind of want to go over the differences of like hip hop versus rap because it's kind of intertwined. And we went over a lot of that today. We might have went over a lot of this shit today that I was thinking of doing episodes on anyway. So maybe not. But um, the art of like scratching, emceeing, sampling. Oh, we got to have beef series where we're beef, going through. I, I definitely want to do that. Big beefs. And uh, because I bet you, you know a lot of fucking West Coast beefs. I might not even oh, know yeah. anything about for crazy. I, I got some. There's some good ones out here for Ooh, sure. Okay, yeah, it probably gets more violent on the West Coast. I'm imagining. Yeah, some of these beefs too, maybe. But uh, we got uh, beef. Yeah, there's so many beefs in hip hop that we can go over. There's we a got, ton. Of course, Tupac, Biggie. You can get even get into like Nas, Jay Z, and shit like that. Or Nas, Jay Z. Yeah, you had corrupt DMX. You had Fifty Cent, Ja Rule. Oof. Yeah, um, that's right. I'll take it back to KRS One yeah. and fucking Marley Marr. Ice That's Cube, NWA, LL Cool J had tons of beefs with everybody. He yeah, wild it out for a while. Cannabis, Eminem, 50, 50 Cent came 50. on the scene swinging before even his like real big <laughs> album. That fool was it? calling out all kinds of people, man, and people had no idea who he was. Like, and he didn't give a shit. Yeah, what was the name of that song? I remember when that shit came out. I got yo <laughs> because Dude. he dissed some of my artists. I remember when that shit, it was like how to kill 50 MCs. Just, I fucking, what yeah, the yeah. The name of the, album, uh, the song, but yeah, because it came out of nowhere, but it, it made waves. It made it, it's made some waves in the in the industry. But um, so I listened to it and, and uh, I remember hating this dude. I was like, this motherfucker, why is he dissing, you know, whoever my favorite rapper was at the time or something. He can't say that about Mob Deep, that jerk. Yeah. How dare he? <laughs> that, was my, that was my hip hop nerdy voice, but. Uh, but yeah, this yeah, he was wilding out coming on. I mean, and it was smart. It was a look at the strategy, man. Oh man, he got he, tons of people to respond. Mm-hmm. Made his name known right there, and then he just got shot up. Got more popular from that. Hitched on an Eminem, and then just blew the fuck up. This fucking guy was smart. He had great business strategies. Now he owns water company. I think he owns a, a, a fucking Niagara Spring or something. This fucking guy. I love Fifty, dude. He's a beast. Yeah. Else. Yeah. Another <laughs> thing, uh, a uh, topic I thought of was like, um, like real crime in hip hop. You know, because oh, a lot of people yeah. got wrapped up in a lot of crazy things. You know, including that Fifty Cent. That was what reminded me of it. Like there was a whole thing between him and this gangster called Kenneth Supreme McGriff, and he was kind of really close to Ja Rule. And so there was a lot of like create and Kenneth Supreme McGriff is like in prison for life because he did some oh, crazy shit. shit. So like, there, dude, there's tons of stories behind all behind all these groups, you know, like that we could definitely do a deep dive, like a little mini doc on in a way, you know. Oh, we're so, gonna do it. We're yeah, we're it, gonna bro. do that. Yeah, and that I, sounds I was like, big uh, into underground hip hop. Underground hip hop is like a whole nother lane. Um. You know, we what we talk about graffiti. Graffiti could be an entire little special. Graffiti too. is a special. There's no doubt yeah. about it. I got fucking um, movies, hip hop movies. movies. You saying about the dude who went to jail and the rapper thing made me think of CB4 immediately, which I was going to segue into that movies, uh, hip hop movies or hip hop in movies or whatever. That's definitely mm-hmm. a fucking topic because there's a lot of good shit like boys in the hood right behind you juice was fucking huge in my world because that was all east coast and that had tupac in it though west coast but whatever um but uh yeah yeah fucking movies um and hip-hop movies had some of the best soundtracks like ever oh like my god above the, 
Above the Rim. Above the Rim might be one of my favorite soundtracks of that, all time. That is a fucking great soundtrack. Uh, Sunset Park, which I don't even remember the movie. I know I saw it, but there's a they have a great soundtrack with a lot of great hip hop cracks. It's Nutty Professor One and Two, I think, had great hip hop R and B soundtracks, which were fucking dope as shit. Um, no, you're you're fucking not lying. Dangerous Minds, Coolio. Mine's Coolio, yeah, for sure. <laughs> just about teaching in the there. ghetto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, baby. And Michelle Pfeiffer, dude. I sense. loved that totally. movie, bro. It was a good movie. I loved that <laughs> movie. Hype at the time. Oh shit. <clears throat> um, but I want to get into a lot of the sub genres. Um, because hip hop. I mean, people say, "Oh, I don't like hip hop," and I uh, there's this old dude at work who who says that oh, I can't stand rap or hip hop or whatever. And I'm like, dude, it's so varied. Like, you're talking about you don't like this dude, but that's not hip hop. I mean, it has so many fucking subgenres, just like rock or whatever, which has which spawned everything from punk to grunge to you know whatever else. metal, metal whatever, heavy. Yeah. And, but the same thing with hip hop. It's it's really spreading. It's spreading every day. I think because right now we got crazy like UK drill trap music and all these other twists on the on the genre. But um, so we definitely can get a deep dive going on that um i think each error we can kind of highlight you know 90s we did a lot of our personal like 80s 90s yeah. stuff today our but, personal uh, base today general, we can go over a lot of the the big hip-hop moments of you know 90s 2000s mm-hmm. 2010s even we can bring on some young bucks to teach us about the 2020s and on I yeah, been paying attention to be honest. Drake after after two thousand was when I really started to study like older stuff that I had missed out on too. So like even though I grew up on like that West Coast stuff, like you know we kind of t- like stopped in the nineties tonight on talking yeah. about hip hop. Like past two thousand, that was when I really started to try to absorb it from all over the place and yeah. find the differences and the different genres like you're talking about and stuff. So yeah, dude, I can't so wait to much. like split it up a little bit. So freaking much. Other shit, just real quick, I got written on my shit is, uh, yeah, real instruments in hip hop, which kind of goes with the uh, roots, the roots thing. Um, producers, we could focus on like the producers of hip hop, the rap moguls, the Suge Knight puffy type motherfuckers in the world, deaths in hip hop, the future of hip hop, crossover hip hop. Again, that kind of leads to early on they were crossing over the rock and everything, and now you got even more kind of crazy country crossovers and shit like that. So. Yeah, that Mexican OT. <clears throat> what is it? That Mexican OT. I'm all over him right now. I don't even know who Mexican he's, OT uh, is, bro. See, he's I'm like a Mexican hip hop guy that's uh, got a little country vibe to him. Oh yeah, um, you, never mind. You, well, I did hear some. All right, yeah, I did hear some of that the other day. That's right. Yeah, I think I told yeah, you to yeah, listen yeah, to yeah, Johnny yeah, Dang or something like that. Yeah, it was def- definitely interesting. I dig. That. Yeah, I dig that. Um. I'd like to do an episode on Yo MTV Raps because that was huge in my childhood and growing up, just watching Yo MTV Raps. That's kind of where I discovered Boot Camp, too, because they, they had the... Uh, you should check this song out. It was the Helta Skelta, OGC, original gun clappers. Um, Le Fleur, Le Fla Escoska. It was just this simple-ass video, but I remember watching that late night on like MTV or Yo MTV Raps. Way back in the day, and I was like, man, I love this fucking vibe. This shit is fucking great. And then I realized, oh, this is a whole giant group, and all these other people are in it, too. And then blah, 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 and it just exploded. Right? All right, cool. Saved fucking, already. Popped up. Shit. Number one oh, result for Helta Skelta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's fucking that's a great song that's a great song um maybe the radio stations for us in the east coast we had this great radio um duo stretch and uh stretch and bobito who uh so many artists and they just had this phenomenal radio show where they just played like it was a college radio show they could they played from like 2 a.m to 4 a.m because that way they could do whatever they wanted pretty much on the airwaves they so they were had all people in there just freestyling all the time, cursing and stuff like that. I got clips from all that kind of stuff we could play. You got Sway. Um, oh, Tech and Sway. Fucking, yep. Yeah, Angie Martinez. Um, is that what you were saying? Um, who else is... Uh, I like Rude Jude a lot. We can do an Rude episode Jude. about just DJs, like uh, yeah, radio he, DJs. You know, it's yeah, a huge yeah, he's on culture. Shady, shady yeah. uh, Shade 45. Shade 4-5. Yep, 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 yep. Um, we could do hip-hop in video games, because... Like I was mentioned with Vice City. I was shocked that that had so much hip hop. And even before that, I think it was starting to creep into a lot of games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Changing the culture. Auto like to do like, uh, like do uh, shoes. I got fashion listed like here. Hip hop fashions. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a streetwear. We don't episode. talk about big red boots. I'm cool with it. No, that's not a part of it, dude. That's, that's not, not hip hop. No, dude. I think it is I'm just a me. I'm just yeah. memeing when I post about that stuff in Discord, dude. <laughs> that is not on my thing. It's not my radar. I don't think Tack is, to be honest. No, nah, he, he's I definitely he memeing about it too, bro. Oh, you know, think bro. so? You th- I don't know, bro. I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> He'd probably I'm do it to spite us now that we're talking his- about it today. <laughs> <laughs> I think if he could get his hands on it, yeah, he would rock some fucking big red boots. And uh and the cowboy croc boots too, more than likely. You know. Yeah. It's on the scene. Buy and stock, we also need to- everybody. We're we need to get Tack um on here to uh he can uh well you know today's perfect actually because we kind of covered up to like 96 or 95 around that era so i guess we can consider it uh before tack after Pac, you know like a timeline Um, yeah so and then (laughs) maybe the next show we can get tack start into hip-hop and where he started from there because yeah yeah covered up to his birth perfect oh shit um last couple i got on my list and 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 this could change but you know these are just some potential topics that you guys uh could look forward to um but i want to do like drugs and weed in hip-hop how that has uh been injected into hip-hop i think that was early on too that a lot of people yeah cypress hill cypress fucking hill hell yeah even run dmc and a lot of people rapping about mm-hmm. smoking up. Um, females in hip hop. There's a few pretty fucking a few. decent uh, hip hop uh, ladies out there. I'm a Missy fan. Highlight. Missy was okay. She was, I loved uh, her music really videos, dude. Her, her music videos music were special. Videos. They were definitely very funny. Yeah, I, I believe. I don't even remember many of them. You off the school? Me They're crazy, dude. <laughs> My uh, female, uh, Lauren Hill probably pops into my mind and like Hurricane G, if you remember her. She was in some like Red Man shit and stuff. You had the Lady um, of Rage from Death Row. Lady of Rage, yeah. Was that the Afro Puff chick? Mm-hmm. Puffing Puff with my Afro Puffs. Sorry, yeah. Tough and rough with my Afro Puffs. I rock rough and tough with my Afro Puff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, we I gotta do a uh, we we gotta do an episode on uh, aliases versus their real names. I think I oh, will okay. that as a quiz. So don't like Calvin Brodus. Don't don't Who even is it? doesn't matter. Think about it for next time. I yeah. Everybody <laughs> submit your que- submit your answers. <laughs> um and that's about it. Politics in hip hop. Beatboxing, I just wrote down earlier because we started off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scenes, beatboxing and uh, slang. I want to do slang, too, because uh, I think hip hop's brought a whole litany of slang into uh, the zeitgeist of the world. So I don't know, but I, I hope that uh, I hope you enjoyed and that, uh, you know, you'll look forward to some of these topics because I think we're going to have fun diving into them all. I think I don't know. You can have yeah, I had a fucking blast tonight, dude. Yeah. Reliving my hip hop past. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's it, man. So, uh, I don't have an outro, so I, I'm just gonna say bye. I guess I don't know. Do you do an outro? I don't want to do an outro. Me do an outro. Do some kind of outro. <laughs> 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 Off the cuff. Yeah, freestyle, okay. baby. This is hip hop. Oh, yeah, you gotta be uh... on the spot. <laughs> uh, who oh, am I? Oh, you, wait, I'm you crazy got some motherfucker from the DPG. Ooh. Do or die. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, that's that's not a good way out. Hey, you got news real quick though. You want to say it in your news? Oh yeah, yeah. Might I as well. We had a little night's news for uh, I put, tonight. I put as well. one story on here, and uh, I thought it was a good story to uh, to bring up because this week, Outcast, their album Speaker Box, The Love Below is now the number one sold hip-hop album of all time. And it just passed the Eminem show. So yeah, it has gone platinum so 13 times. I think you're wrong. Just gotta be I, wrong. Think, uh, I think this is correct. And let me explain, no, let me explain why. This is not me saying but, but, but that why? I think that Outkast is better than Eminem or anything like that. No, they're told they're too different to even compare. To be honest, but um, I want you to look at the track list of this album. Right. Let's so let's see here. Speaker box. And I don't remember any songs off this? Album. So one of the main. Uh, what what happened? There's a few happened? hits on here. But did something happen recently that they 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 got a, a shot? of uh, popularity injected into them for some reason. So this album like, this had, for example, uh, the song called Hey Yeah. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Everyone knows Think about hey how yeah. many times you've heard that in your life, whether it be on a TV commercial, a sporting event, the radio, a movie, like that. And you think let that's me, moving the album, though? Let me say, uh, I listen to Spotify world? a lot, right? And it always says like plays on Spotify, right. and most songs are like uh, most popular songs will hit a mil in the millions. Okay, um, Hey Yeah has one point one billion listens on Spotify. That's crazy, dude. One point. This is the highest number I think I've ever seen on a played song, and that's that's just. That song. So there's other songs on here like uh, "Take Off Your Cool." It's got 15 million listens. You got 39 million listens on Prototype. So some of the songs on here, 163 million listens for "The Way You Move." So like this, this album just 
had like crazy bangers that didn't ju- they weren't just like hip hop it was this was definitely an expansion of uh their genre from hip hop to other things yeah, you know it was kind of sure. poppy in a way and i think that's why it's so successful if you really think about it because they were so marketable in the fact that you could put that song in a commercial you can play that yeah. song between plays at a football game you know what i mean like so i mean I'm trying to think of the amount of the times I've heard "Hey, yeah," and it's crazy, you know. Yeah, but that's true. It's just kind of just nice. It seems like out of nowhere because it doesn't. Because I haven't really even heard, um, you know, Outcast in the um, atmosphere since he they had that leaked Kanye song like two years ago. That Andre three thousand came out with. Or that uh, somebody leaked that had Andre 3000 on some weird Kanye track. It wasn't that good, but um, so I, I that just shocks me. And like yeah. you were saying, that eclipsed Eminem. I knew Eminem was riding the fucking um, leaderboards for a long ass time. For I remember time. when the Beastie Boys were leaning, leading that fucking uh, thing. And on this list, it looks like they they reached ten time platinum, so they were diamond at one point. Um, Can you believe MC Hammer's on that list? Oh, speaking of, holy shit. Hammer, don't hurt him. Please, Hammer, please, just don't hurt him. Please. Bro, I didn't even think I knew the name of that album. Please, Hammer, don't don't hurt him. That's the album name? No, wait. I don't know. That was the song. Hold on. (laughs) That's so funny. Dude, the miseducation Um, of Lauryn Hill. Well, there you go. Ten times platinum. Oh, my God. That's a fucking good Uh, The only thing I hate about that, really hate about that list is Nelly. I fucking hate Nelly. I'm not, I'm no Nelly fan whatsoever. So I'm totally there. Maybe we can do an episode about people we don't like. Be honest. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Like people Uh, that we, Overrated. Yeah, overrated in our personal opinions. Yeah. We might hurt each other's feelings on some of these, but that's all right. Ooh, okay. Fuck too short, bro. (laughs) (laughs) hey we got a problem over here i got ice cube behind me (laughs) got the strap oh shit mc hammer discography all right so congratulations to outcast well deserved they've been putting in some fucking phenomenal work forever and yeah i remember when that fucking southern playlist of cadillac music came out and it was like Woo! Yeah, that was fucking fire because it was just so different. So they were deserved outcast for sure. One of the better um, groups in terms of evolution, like they kept with the times and they and they kept moving forward. You know, they didn't get stuck in the past in hip hop. And I appreciate them for that. I'm telling, dude, I'm telling you, if you have if you can muster the appreciation for like Beastie Boys, you'll see the same kind of thing where they were always pushing the limits. And, yep, that's my uh, homework. They were innovating, dude. and they were like, honestly, it's tough. Probably going back because yeah, you hear so much of it nowadays. But they were groundbreaking. So much of the shit they were doing, it was way ahead of its time when it was coming out. Especially like "Hello Nasty," I think was really ahead of its time. Might even still be a little ahead of its time. It's such a wild album, but um, and they all have just their own unique kind of sound style and. Ah, I could go on and on for the Beastie Boys. Let's do a Beastie Boys uh, episode. Okay, <laughs> one of these. I'm gonna study for it because <laughs> I could probably I could go on like a, a, a series of just Beastie Boys. I think a multi-parter. Um, yeah, at least not multi-multis. Oh, we could do branching sub-branches of episode branches. 
oh, we could get this real deep rabbit holes all over the place. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking too much. Um, all right, everybody. I think that's it. Thank you for listening to us this evening. This was uh, our little experiment in hip hop history 101, episode one, with more to come and scheduled to be determined. We're still kind of working that out in the backgrounds here, but we'll figure that out. Um, and uh, we will be back next Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern, with the Lost Boys podcast uh our regularly scheduled program at our regularly scheduled time so uh stay tuned next week for um everyone back we were off this week uh because tack was in uh i think he had to go to miami he's uh shooting a will smith video i believe will smith yeah <laughs> yeah miami. right big willie style like big willie volume style. two yeah, or something yeah. summertime yeah. part three i think it is i don't know but uh thank you everybody for tuning in um it's been real peace West side. Started back in the day, run DMC and Beasties was all I played in 93. It changed when Wu Tang took the stage. Plus, the same time started junior high, seventh grade. Wasn't long before Nas and Biggie paved the way. I started to make rhymes in my spare time was lame. But me and my friend Flash both rapped the same. Helped build each other up. Plus, I got good grades in English class. And that's about when I first blazed and made better rhymes. Kept on my grind, amazed my friends with lines that say and stayed rhyming as times changed. They lost souls great, digging in the crates. Roots mob deep. BCC and all of the greats, but hey, life got in the way, had to take a break, didn't run for a bit, but now I'm flipping the page, I'm back, spitting flames in this hip-hop game, now you know how this shit became, and it sticks in your brain.